Kia ora, I'm Andrew Whiteside. Today I'm reviewing a book called The Intoxicating Mr. Lavelle by Neil Blackmore. It tells the story of a well-known Englishman called Benjamin Bowen who undertakes a grand tour of Europe in the 1760s with his brother Edgar. While there, he meets an exotic foreigner called Horace Lavelle. They engage in a torrid love affair which has some very intense and unintended consequences and scandal. To discuss the story and review it, I'm joined by Chelsea Adams from the Alphabet Book Club, who very kindly sent me a copy of the book. Chelsea, kia ora and hello. Kia ora. Hi. How's your summer going? It's going really well. I moved house this last weekend, so it's things are a little bit unsettled. So I've got my dog in the room with me, so I'm very sorry if he grumbles at any point. But That's okay. That, yeah. that's why. And, and moving is always such fun, isn't it? Huh? Trying to pack oh, everything yeah. up and do once you're there and unpacked, it's fine. But yeah, the moving. So we're going to be talking about the intoxicating Mr. Lavelle. And I read this in about six hours on a Sunday while I was on holiday. And I just, I could not put it down, which is rare for me. Occasionally it happens, but it's pretty rare. I normally like to spin things out over at least a few days. And I really loved it. I did it too. I did it all in one sitting and I keep thinking like, oh, I'll put it down and I'll pick it up again later. But I just had to know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The same for me. I think it was about lunchtime and I'd spent maybe a couple of hours in it and I thought, oh, I really need to eat now. Um, okay, that's fine. I'll pick it up maybe tonight. And then I gobbled down my lunch <laughs> because it's like, no, it's calling to me. It's calling. So so just just briefly, initially, what, what was your what were your general thoughts on the book? Well, it's really interesting because for me, historical fiction isn't normally my thing Mm -hmm. and particularly character-driven introspective historical fiction. Um, So for me, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go. But I found it really, really interesting because you know that that gay and queer people existed during, you know, the 18th century. (laughs) They've they've always, we've always been there. We've always always been around. So it was really nice to see a story about that specifically. And I know that there's like the the period typical anti-Semitism and homophobia and and all of that. And you you go into that expecting it because of the time period. But I, I really enjoyed the story of somebody working out what it means to be queer and who they are and why they're different. Exactly, and particularly in a time where it was extraordinarily dangerous. I mean, there are references to people being murdered because yeah. they they are queer. And so it, it, stuff was going on, obviously, even in the aristocracy, but you just didn't talk about it, you hid it. And uh, and so that so there was always this uh, this hint of danger, and right throughout the book, there's this hint of danger, and this oh, what's going to happen if the, if they are too flamboyant, if it's too well known? Mm. So so that element of danger was quite good, but it it was for me it was it was it was fun. At times, it was a little frightening, uh, but but there was there was a philosophical and allegorical side to this about the the faces that we put on in society uh, Mm. and the conformity versus people who don't want to conform and the lies that we maintain that society creates in order to maintain the sense of of convention which I really loved yeah I love that you talk about flamboyance when it's an era where everybody's wearing powdered wigs and makeup and exactly high heels and (laughs) (laughs) and and the men were these vain peacocks yeah, and yet, 
and and so it's like well well where does the antagonism against homosexuality come from because in a modern context we would view that view that almost as drag and for mm-hmm. some people that's an abnormality but you're right in the, in those days it was literally this flamboyance particularly for men strutting around in their their wigs and their feathers <laughs> Yeah, it's. I find it really interesting because right from the offset, what is it, the first chapter where they mention the sodomites being hung in the public square? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know that right from that point, you're like, oh, okay, all right, this is, you're going to put it right out there, okay, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. hanging, awesome, great. <laughs> and, and and so right from the start, there is darkness. So even though this is a, a type of love story, that, that darkness is never far away. Mm. So the love story. What did you What did you think about um, Mr. Lavelle? Did you find him intoxicating? Uh, I did, but I know from my own personality, I think I would have been extraordinarily embarrassed to have been around him. I would have been uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, set in the time, yes, because he represented something that was different to the norm, and certainly Benjamin was searching for something. He knew he didn't belong. In that world, in in many respects, and so uh, the 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 danger maybe was attractive to him, uh, and so yeah, I I found I found Lavelle both intriguing, uh, at sometimes a little irritating. It's like oh, just just be careful, be careful, but fascinating. And I think uh, maybe if if back then I had encountered him, and of course I'm queer, then maybe I would have found him intoxicating as well. There was something about his. Again, the nonconformity, the the challenging of the of the norms was was quite intoxicating. For me, he represented the idea of bohemia, where it's like if you think about things like Moulin Rouge and yep. and rent and and things like that. Those those the idea of living outside of society's norm on purpose, yes, and almost mocking it to a point. And at the beginning, he was seen as this, like, really radical, amazing, intriguing human. But I like towards the end of the book that he became, you learned a bit more about his humanity and he became very fragile. Absolutely. So so his uh, his mocking was was deliberately to hide his past, and his past was, was pretty bleak. Traumatic. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, we can't go into that without spoilers. No, we no, we can't. We're not too many spoilers. Yeah. Um, so again, it was the it was this challenge of convention versus choosing one's own path in life, and that, and also what Lavelle was doing was he was turning a mirror on that society and showing it. Uh, even the philosophers, because uh, um, the, the author mm. writes a lot about the philosophers, either quoting them or. And and the hypocrisy in that. So, for example, the the founders of America, all about liberty, but it was for white men. It wasn't for women, and it certainly wasn't for slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, Voltaire, he points out that uh, I think Voltaire was a, a slave owner, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. So even though he talked about these big ideas about equality and, and everything, yeah. And so that so so in many ways, this was a modern novel set back in that period because it was talking about these ideas of emancipation. Although emancipation was being talked about, obviously, in, in those days as well. But as I say, it was holding up a mirror to that society that was supposedly all about manners and being doing the right thing and being polite. Uh, but behind the scenes, there was this awful uh, rudeness towards anyone that wasn't part of your class or towards people that were seen as social climbers. And, of course, there was still um, 
forms of slavery in, in those societies. So, yeah, I, I thought it, it yeah. was great at that. Absolute social inequality. Mm, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, and that and that still resonates for um, for today. Um, now, when we we had a bit of a, a brief text uh, conversation <laughs> this, this morning <laughs> about the book, um, do you want to talk about your the, the trope you mentioned? It's it's a slight spoiler, but it doesn't necessarily say the who behind. Yeah. So there's a there's a there's a theme with media that I I tend to avoid and it normally goes on my problematic list and this one slid through so the bury your gaze trope it's it's okay and queers are okay as long as they die at the end as long as they're the dead ones like it's yeah it's one of those things that I they can only be happy if they're dead sort of thing and I generally completely abhor that trope because. I, I I think like queers deserve to live, like just let us live. <laughs> but I feel like this one, it's it's appropriate for the book. Mm, yeah, it's appropriate for the time, and it didn't come across as a a trope that was used to appease the reader. It was put across for the story. Exactly. Um, so I I'm not mad about it. It's definitely not my favourite trope I, at all, but we've only got two books in our store, and the other one is literally called They Both Die at the End. Oh, wow. So the entire story <laughs> is about the fact they're going to die. And you know And you that. go into it knowing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so it's, yeah, it's definitely one of those ones that I'm like, oh, you just slide by and I'll accept it because it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, Neil Blackmore himself is queer, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So that that may uh, may help a little bit, but w- when you um, texted that to me, I, I kind of thought about it a little bit, and I I agree with you. It's something um, that really irritates me. Um, the film Ford at Weddings and a Funeral is an example yeah. of that. All those lovely happy couples, but it's the gay one. One of the gay ones dies. Um, yeah. Uh, now in this, not all the gay characters die in this book, but um, but I found it was entirely appropriate because of the time period. Mm. And the, the the death represents perfectly the problem with society at that point. Mm. And also, if you look at the, the, the date that the book ends, and it ends in Paris, mm-hmm. uh, at a time when a revolution is coming, it seems a, a catalyst to me. So, so that's why I didn't have a problem with it. I hope that's not too much of a spoiler. I don't think it is, because the, the, because is. the story is still very, very strong and... Uh, there are a number of shocks in the book that uh, are unexpected but propel the story along really well. And, and I'm a lover of plot. I, I, I don't mind some descriptors and some similes, mm-hmm. but, but I'm, a, I'm a lover of plot. So if the plot carries, you know, is, is zooming along, yeah, fantastic. Um, so, yeah, so, so I, I'm glad you brought that up and I, because it hadn't occurred to me and normally it would. <laughs> but, but the way, again, the way the book is, is structured and written, it, it just that didn't stand out to me. It seemed entirely um, consistent with the story that he was telling and it's not only the guys that die there are a couple of other deaths absolutely. in there as well so. <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely there's always so death somewhere talk about equality. yeah yeah <laughs> so so in j- just to sum up um i loved it fascinating story <laughs> and particularly because of the period that it was set in and we don't really have a lot of, of, of queer stories in that time period um, and I loved its philosophical and its political message and which I think is, is, is really relevant to now. Um, so sum up for you. Well it was really interesting for me because I had never, I, I've only read one other book about the Grand Tour 
of, of that era and it was incredible like I, I didn't enjoy it and the writer went on to do some incredibly transphobic things so I just sort of wrote that era off and as I was reading through this one I really enjoyed it and there were all these moments of traveling through the different countries and talking about the places that reminded me of my own tour mm-hmm. which is completely <laughs> different i went on a kentucky when i was 20 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was less about appreciating the great art and more about just getting drunk in different countries but <laughs> i was still able to go actually i know this place i know what they're talking about i know what michelangelo's david look like i know what all of these different things are and so it was I found that that part really resonated with me. Um, I really enjoyed the discussion of art and society and and putting on a costume and masquerading to pretend to be someone that you're just not. And I go, oh, there's so many allegories in that. <laughs> yes. Like, are we going to talk about the closet, the giant closet that Benjamin lives in the mm-hmm. entire time? <laughs> exactly. Like, it was it, there was there's so many ways that you can read it, and it's also just a really good story. I'd watch the movie. Would you watch the movie? Mm. Yes, I would. <laughs> yes, I would. I'd probably have to because I do movie reviewing as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, the thing for me with with that though is that when you really really love a book and you connect with everybody, the films often don't live up to. Mm. Because they because the, a film can't explain everything or can't dive into the private thoughts as much as a book can. But yes, I absolutely would because it's a fascinating story. And if it was told well, and of course the costumes would be fab. Yeah, <laughs> the oh sets, the sets would be fab. Costuming. Yeah, yeah, it would be beautiful. I feel like it's just sitting there waiting for somebody to turn it into something amazing. Yeah, I think so too. Um, well, that's it. But I just before um, before we um, finish, uh, the book obviously is available on your web website, alphabetbookclub.nz, and I do recommend mm-hmm. people buy it. Just really briefly, just tell me about the podcast because you just said that you have recorded your first podcast. That's going to be uh, a regular thing on on the website and on Spotify. So just tell me very briefly about that. Yeah, so our idea with creating the Alphabet Book Club was to create a virtual book club for people in Taran- in in New Zealand that are isolated or geographically or or emotionally. We wanted to create a way of creating community and support. So I grew up in Taranaki. That's where the Taranaki slipped out there before. So it's something that I would have enjoyed when I was when I was living there. So the idea with the podcast is that it it creates that virtual book club. We've got a bunch of people that are going to come on and talk about our book of the month and um, we're going to be interviewing some Kiwis and what their favourite queer books are and mostly it's just us having a cup of tea and a natter so if that <laughs> sounds like something that would <laughs> appeal to you. <laughs> yeah, excellent. So yeah. Uh, so what, what's the name of it? Uh, it's just the Alphabet Book Club um, podcast. And it's on Spotify and also on your website. Yes, it is. Cool. Hey, well, um, Chelsea, thank you for sending me the book. I loved it. And uh, we've said we might do another one of these in a few months' time. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, I can't wait. All right. Take care. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That was uh, Chelsea Adams from the Alphabet Book Club helping me review the book, The Intoxicating Mr. Lavelle. You can buy it and lots of other queer books on the website alphabetbookclub.nz. They also have a podcast. They've just started on the website and also through Spotify. Uh, now, on my website, andrewwhiteside.com, you can find an interview I did with Chelsea about the book club. Uh, there's also a link below for that. 
while on my website, you'll find heaps of other great content, interviews, reviews, and plenty of my opinion. While there, you can also sign up for my regular newsletters. That's all at andrewwhiteside.com. I am Andrew Whiteside. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you soon.